Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, the fair is over, Labor Day is past, and it's back to school time. How many pounds of books and other stuff is your child lugging back and forth each day? Why it could be causing long-term damage and what to do about it from one of America's top chiropractors. Also this morning, students are back in class, but your back-to-school shopping may not yet be complete, especially when it comes to essential technology and tech accessories. We have what you need. And with the fair wrapped up, time to turn our attention to the next big community event, this month's Susan G. Komen Race for the Cure. We get a preview and learn how you can be part of the fun. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, September 7th, 2021. It is Salami Day today. Did you know that? Salami Day. So if you're brown bagging it for lunch, have a salami sandwich to celebrate. It is also National Acorn Squash Day, which your kids probably do not want in their, in their lunch. So go with the salami over the acorn squash. It is Google Commemoration Day today. The internet giant incorporated and opened shop in a room attached to a garage in Menlo Park, California, on the state in 1998. Uh, so from those uh, very meager beginnings, a internet behemoth was born. So Google Commemoration Day. You notice it is not Google Appreciation Day or Google Celebration Day or anything like that. Just Commemoration Day. <laughs> I know a lot of folks uh, lament the fact that Google is such a uh, big behemoth in the internet world. But nonetheless, it is National Beer Lovers Day. And uh, I know that there are parents... Because I have friends who do this, that back to school day for the kids, uh, the first thing that they do, they get the kids on the school bus, and then <laughs> for lunch they go out <laughs> and have a couple of beers. And we made it through the summer, and of course with the kids back in class now, made it through the past year. It's Beer Lovers Day today. It is National Feel the Love Day, and it is Superhuman Day today. So. You go reasons to celebrate you are not the only one kids are not the only ones uh heading back to school today first lady jill biden is returning to the classroom today at northern virginia community college now she was virtual teaching last year but as of today she returns to the classroom and thus becomes the first first lady to have a full-time job outside of the White House. Kind of interesting. Uh, she teaches writing and English at Northern Virginia Community College, has uh, taught there since 2009, including during the eight years her husband was vice president. She had said she would not give it up as first lady, saying teaching is not just what I do, it is who I am. And I think every teacher can relate to that mindset. Uh, since President Biden took office in January, uh, Mrs. Biden, or Dr. Biden, I guess, she does hold a doctorate in education, uh, she has continued uh, virtual teaching either from her White House office or hotel rooms when she was traveling for official White House business. Uh, 
She will now be teaching in person on Tuesdays and Thursdays and uh, travel on days when she is not in the classroom. So moving forward, kind of interesting. It's a, a historic moment. The first time a first lady has had a full-time job outside the White House. So pretty significant uh, happening today with respect to that. So uh, over the weekend, did you have a good uh, Labor Day weekend? Did you have a good uh, holiday, an extended uh, weekend to spend time at the fair and all of that? Had great weather for it. Outside of a little bit of rain on Saturday night, it was just a gorgeous week for the fair and a fabulous holiday weekend. If you spend time out during the heat of the day outside enjoying yourself you may notice you are very tired afterward even if you've only been lounging around uh, outside something about being outside in the sun makes a lot of people very tired have you ever wondered why that is well we have the answer here even if you are just relaxing out in the sun your body is working to maintain your body temperature and in the heat, that requires a lot more effort to do so. When you get warm, your body cools you off by dilating your blood vessels in a process called vasodilation, vasodilation, which increases blood flow and helps your blood get closer to the skin where it can offload some excess heat. That's why a lot of people get flushed when they're hot. The body also sweats when it gets hot, obviously. And that is labor-intensive for the body as your heart rate and metabolic rate both increase. And uh, you, you, you lose uh, fluids and salts and electrolytes and so on uh, to help you feel less worn out. So that's why you feel tired after being out in the heat. Even if you're just relaxing, it still can uh, make you very tired. They say to help you feel less so... Stick to shady spots if you are outside. Hop in a cold shower once you get back in and stay as hydrated as possible while wearing loose-fitting, breathable clothing. And that will help you uh, stave off the uh, uh, that tired feeling from being outside. And they say that it doesn't necessarily... Uh, it doesn't necessarily matter what the temperature is so much. It's the amount of sun that you're getting. If you're in the direct sun and you might've noticed that this weekend, the uh, temperature's relatively mild, but man, when you're out there in the sun, especially if you're at the fair, uh, walking around with that sun beating down, uh, it can get very warm, even though the air temperature is not, uh, really all that extreme. So kind of interesting there. It's science folks. There it is. So now that uh, summer is unofficially over, there are still a couple of weeks of summer left on the, according to the calendar. But obviously, after the Labor Day holiday and after the kids head back to school, we think of this as the beginning of autumn. Uh, Halloween is right around the corner, but experts say if you want, go ahead and put up your Christmas decorations if you feel like it. It will make you happier to do so. Research shows those who put up their Christmas decorations early are happier and more relaxed than those who wait. <laughs> Psychoanalyst Steve McKeon says that people who start Christmas decorating 
right around Halloween (laughs) are driven by nostalgia. He said, in a world of stress and anxiety, people like to associate with things that make them happy, and Christmas decorations evoke those strong feelings of childhood and happiness and a more innocent time and all of that. Decorations, he says, are simply an anchor or a pathway to those old childhood magical moments of excitement. So, he says, go ahead and put up your Christmas decorations early if you want. It'll make you happier. I don't know that it'll make your neighbors happier, but... (laughs) Or Grinches like me. That's... It's too early. It's too early. Get through... Get through Halloween, at least. And then you can start putting up your Christmas decorations. Now, I've mentioned this, I don't know how many times on the program, and I stand by this. Uh, We put up our Christmas decorations at our house uh, very early, even well before Thanksgiving, when the weather, before the weather turns nasty, because it's easier and it is, it's, it's not as, uh, it's not as big of a hassle to put up the Christmas decorations and the weather is still nice. Now, we don't turn on the lights until after Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving evening. Then we turn on the lights, but we put them up much earlier. So, again, the story doesn't say turn on the lights and go all out. It says go ahead and put up your Christmas decorations and that's okay. Anyway, I think it's important to delineate that. A really interesting story out of Northeast Ohio. I don't know if you heard about this. Again, among the first things you need to know this morning. Firefighters and utility officials along the Lake Erie shoreline in eastern Ohio say that a mysterious natural gas-like odor reported last week in several communities is the result of an inversion from Lake Erie's waters. The Willowick Fire Department and other fire departments in the area got Multiple calls, I mean, we're talking dozens of calls about a smell that some compared to the scent of natural gas. There's this massive natural gas leak in the area. But firefighters and Dominion Energy workers determined that there was, in fact, no natural gas leak. Uh, Instead, the smell was most likely the result of lake inversion which results from strong winds causing the gunk, the bottom of Lake Erie, to be swept to the surface. So, I mean, in the western basin of Lake Erie, we've got the toxic algae that we oftentimes have to deal with. Apparently, in eastern Ohio, you've got the gunk at the bottom of the lake rising up to the top of the lake and causing this uh, rotten egg kind of uh, natural gas odor. Not sure which is which. Kind of an interesting uh, story there from uh, over the weekend. And uh, maybe this is the most important story of the day. Again, among the first things you need to know, just waking up this morning, coffee drinkers may be in for a rude awakening as production costs have hit a seven-year high. Bad weather has hit supplies from Brazil, the world's largest producer, Uh, Also, protests in Colombia have disrupted shipments of coffee and a shortage of shipping containers in Southeast Asia is also causing issues. Experts predict that supermarket prices for coffee are the most likely 
to increase first, but production costs have hit a seven-year high, so uh, stock up now before the prices go up on your coffee. Um, of course, if you uh, stop at the you know, Big B or Starbucks or Tim Hortons, whatever, to get your morning coffee or uh, every morning, won't see an increase there as quickly as uh, prices at the store. But prices are going up, so very important news to be aware of. There you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. The WTOL 11 first alert forecast, plenty of sunshine today with a high of 85, becoming cloudy tonight, a chance of a storm. The Ohio State Highway Patrol says a driver who failed to move over or slow down crashed into a trooper's cruiser, killing one person. The crash happened in Defiance County on Saturday on westbound Route 24. The Highway Patrol says the trooper had a car pulled over when a man from Defiance drove his pickup off the right side of the highway and struck the trooper's cruiser. A passenger in the pickup was killed. The driver suffered life-threatening injuries and was flown to a hospital. The trooper was taken to a hospital with injuries that are not life-threatening. The Highway Patrol reminds drivers to obey the state's move-over law. Hancock Public Health is reporting more than 200 new cases of COVID over the week of August 27th through September 2nd. Average cases per day in Hancock County stands at 29.7, and community transmission remains high as defined by the CDC. A lot of people took a tour of the B-17 Flying Fortress Yankee Lady at the Findlay Airport over the weekend, and some people even got to take a ride in it. Joe Amon is a B-17 flight engineer with the Yankee Air Museum. It's an honor for us to be able to operate this aircraft and, and fly, and the fact that the people come out and see us is what keeps it alive. I mean, that uh, on my on my shoulder I've got a patch, and it says the restores, we give history a future. So it's important, I think, that we know history and that we, that we know what these guys did because it was quite a sacrifice. You can see some video of Yankee Lady and get more of our interview with Joe on our website. The Finley Trojans won big over Bowling Green at Donnell Stadium Friday night. Freshman Ryan Montgomery got the start at QB and didn't waste any time showing off his skills. Montgomery pump fake now will roll to his right. Looks, throws, in zone. Touchdown, Trojans! Oh, my gosh. Justin Roth pulls it in in the back corner. How about that? That looked like an absolute missile coming off of Montgomery's hand. The Trojans would go on to beat Bowling Green 49-zip. to zip. Findlay is now 2-1 and one on the season. They traveled to Central Catholic on Friday night. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. I'm Matt Demchek with 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Well, here's something to think about as the kids head back to school. If you have ever picked up your child's backpack and been shocked at how much all of those books and papers and devices they're lugging around all day weighs, you have good reason for concern. Joining us is Dr. Stephen Knopf, uh, Executive Director of Chiropractic and Compliance at the Joint Chiropractic, with some advice and tips to ease the weight of the school day, as it were. So, Dr. Knopf, with uh, so many school supplies that are needed... Uh, I mean, they got to have all of this stuff. The weight of the school bag, the backpack can just be enormous. What advice would you have on managing uh, those heavy backpacks? 
Yeah, you're right. And you'd think with all the technology that we have these days, uh, they would lighten up. Uh, can't we just get it all on it a seems, tablet or a laptop yeah, it and seems like call it's, it a day? But it seems like it's going in the other direction. Right. Yeah. I, I just sent my kids back to school and um, gosh, it was like packing a military bag almost for their first day. Uh, but you're right. I, there's a couple of key things to keep in mind when you're packing your child's backpack. The first is it should never weigh more than 10 to 15% of their body weight, which is not a lot. So if your child is 50 pounds, uh, that's only five pounds that their backpack should weigh. And that is incredibly easy to hit with the amount of school supplies yeah. that we're, we're having kids cart around. So I think the, I think the other, the other piece kind of along the same lines with, with weight is, you know, how you distribute it. We've, we've got some heavier items in backpacks. Um, a good rule of thumb is the heavier an object is, the closer it should be uh, to your child's back in the backpack. The further away that it becomes, the more stress and pressure that's mm. going to be applied to their upper and lower back. So if you have to have heavy items, keep it close to your child's back. I, the other thing uh, that I was going to ask about, too, are oddly shaped backpacks. Uh, I mean, there's the conventional yeah. uh, backpack, and then you know some kids get into these uh, backpacks that have all these different shapes. Does that make a difference? It does. It does. Uh, so, I mean, you, you're right. There's backpacks with one strap, two straps. Uh, there's some that even look like small luggage these days. Uh, but really, the best bet is to have a backpack with two straps. Uh, and they should be using both of them. Uh, you shouldn't be just trying to sling it over one shoulder. Now yep. you're back in a worse situation. Um, also look for backpacks that have good padding on the straps, maybe a waist strap. Um, they're starting, re really, if you look at backpacks now, they're starting to look like hiking bags almost uh, yeah. just because of the amount of gear that kids are, are carrying. So invest in a good backpack. It'll it'll, it'll save uh potentially a lot of pain and stress for your kids. Now, that is probably the most common and obvious issue for school students, but there are others as well. You mentioned tech neck as one area of concern. Yeah, some people call it tech neck. You might have heard it called text neck, but this is when you use a mobile device, whether it's a cell phone, tablet, maybe a gaming system. Um, I'm sure people are doing it right now as they listen, but they're holding their cell phone down by their stomach. Uh, their head is craned forward and down. Their shoulders are rounded forward. This is a terrible position for your, for your body. And this prolonged posture over time can lead to muscle tightness, aches and pains. Uh, and if it goes longer than that, you might even start to experience things like headaches or migraines or tingling numbness in your arms and, and hands. This is definitely not just a, a kid problem. It's for sure an adult problem yeah. as well. Uh, but it's something new for kids just because of the increased amount of uh, technology use. Yeah, I was going to mention uh, everything that we've talked about is uh, not only applicable for students. I have to say that I'm probably guilty of particularly just swinging my back backpack over one arm and, and off I go. Not something that any of us should be doing. And then obviously kids are sitting at desks all day. Uh, desks that, frankly, probably weren't designed with ergonomics in mind. And, of course, then on top of that, kids are not famous, at least my kids, not uh, famous for not exactly having the best posture anyway. What general advice would you have for students to avoid doing damage to their spine, given the realities of their school day? 
Yeah, just a couple of things to keep in mind. You're right. Posture is incredibly important. Our, our moms and grandmas were probably our first chiropractors always telling <laughs> us to sit, sit up straight. Uh, so your head should be uh, above your shoulders, your ears in line with your shoulders. Uh, your knees should be bent at 90 degrees and your hips, your feet flat on the ground. Uh, this is the best position to take uh, stress and pressure off of your spine. I think the other thing that a lot of people don't even think about, it's not so much uh, posture related, um, but there's a, a component to health in getting the appropriate amount of sleep. There's a time uh, at night when your nervous system switches over into a more relaxed state. It starts to heal your body and really get you ready for the next day of whatever you decide to put your, your body through. So sleep is incredibly important to setting that healthy foundation so that you can keep these aches and pains away. Just one more reason it's so important to get a good night's sleep every night. And for kids who are suffering under the weight of school, as we said earlier, is chiropractic care an option? I mean, I think most people think of chiropractic care for themselves or you know, when they get older. Is this an option for kids as well? Yeah, it's a great question. The answer is, is uh, kids in chiropractic is, is nothing new. We see a lot of kids in our chiropractic clinics. Um, myself, my two kids have been adjusted since they were just a couple of seconds uh, after being born. So chiropractic care is, is for a lot of different ages. Now, patients are all different. It depends on the issues that they're having, the problems that they're experiencing. Maybe uh, they've had trauma or injuries in the past. Uh, so like anything, it's really important if, if your kid has any of these issues that you discuss them with a chiropractor to make sure that they're a good candidate for chiropractic care and that they can benefit from it. And what would some of those uh, issues be? Are there warning signs we can watch for that our, our kids may have some issues? It might be time to talk to the chiropractor. Yeah, some of the more common things uh, that, that are easy and pretty apparent are neck and back pain. Uh, kids don't typically experiencing experience these kind of symptoms. Mm -hmm. So if they're lasting more than a couple of days and it's starting to get to like a week and a half with uh, headaches or neck pain, it's, it's worth just having a consultation to see if there's anything uh, potentially more serious going on or if they can just get ahead of it, uh, turn it back around so that they can start back on a healthier track. Again, Dr. Stephen Nuff is Executive Director of Chiropractic and Compliance at the Joint Chiropractic. Where do we get more information? For more information, you can go to thejoint.com forward slash parents. Dr. Nuff, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Take care. Well, even though at this point students are already back in class, more than likely you still have some back-to-school shopping to do, especially when it comes to technology, which continues to play an increasingly important role in the way students are learning. The good news is that it is not too late to score good deals on great gear, and tech expert Andrea Smith is with us once again to make sure that students are set up for success this year. Andrea, what is your top tech gadget this year for both in classroom and remote learning. Oh, I got to say that that is a smartphone because regardless of where they're studying, students everywhere really rely on their smartphones for just about everything these days. That's why the Samsung Galaxy A52 5G smartphone is a great back-to-school buy. It's got popular Galaxy features like a 6.5-inch full HD display, 
a high refresh rate for smooth scrolling. That makes it great for gaming, streaming videos, listening to music. It's got long-lasting battery life, fast processor, fast 5G connectivity, plenty of storage. This device is going to keep up with the busiest student out there. The best part for me is the affordability. It starts at $375 with an eligible trade-in. That is great because I know that's one of the uh, the big questions for uh, for parents. Not just when do I get my kids uh, a a smartphone, but uh, how much am I going to do? I really want to give them a thousand dollar phone. Uh, this is uh, much more palatable <laughs> to be uh, given to the uh, kids. <laughs> exactly, especially if you have maybe two or three kids. Yeah, you know? no kidding. It gets- no kidding this gives you all those great features at an affordable price uh what about uh learning tools for younger family members yeah you know i really think it's important to keep younger children engaged whether they're in or out of school whether they want to be like their older siblings or they're already in school abc mouse is a digital app that makes learning fun for kids ages two to eight with tons of engaging activities across all subject areas Their award-winning curriculum is proven to show significant gains in math and reading, and it really helps kids excel. Content is constantly being updated and refreshed, so your kids will never run out of fun and educational activities. I I like that it's got over 1,500 books and puzzles in both English and Spanish, so it's Mm -hmm. it's just a great way to supplement your children's education. I think that's a key point, too, because a a lot of folks may be thinking, hey, the kid's going to be back in class. My job as a a parent teacher is done, but when you can supplement what the kids are learning in the classroom, uh, that's when children really excel as students. You you absolutely hit that, you know, because right now, especially with COVID, especially with, you know, some kids in, some kids out, just having a little bit of extra curriculum that you can engage them in is super important. Yeah. Uh, You also have some more tips to help us stay productive and connected as we get into the uh, heart of the fall semester. Yeah, well, what my advice is really to make sure your kids and their devices are protected. So, Chris, there's two things. First, OtterBox for Kids is all the protection you need. They've added that trusted durability that you and I rely on for our phone cases, and they've added it to a full line of um, kid-friendly mobile accessories like tablet cases, screen protectors, and cables. And they come in really fun colors. Of course, they get me at the colors. The EasyGrab tablet case is designed to help little hands grip and carry the tablet securely, so no dropping mom or dad's expensive tablet and it's got an integrated hook so you could hang it on a headrest during a road trip. So double duty there. Yeah. And then, you know, I just, I talk about this constantly. You want to make sure you've had a conversation with your kids about online safety. I mean, you just do. They need to know how to spot a phishing scam and how to protect their privacy. In fact, a new study from McAfee found three quarters of parents are worried about their kids' digital wellness and think online safety should be taught in the classroom. So have that digital wellness chat with your kids before they head back to school. And if you need any tips or tools or resources to help protect your kids, head to McAfee.com. Some great stuff there. Again, tech expert Andrea Smith with us this morning, making sure that uh, students and families are set up for success in the new school year. Where do we get more information? Uh, You can go to d6news.com slash school tech for links to everything I talked about. Andrea, thanks very much for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. 
we interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Story from Florida. You knew that there would be stories from Florida. <laughs> Always seems weird things happen in Florida. A 25-year-old was arrested uh, for fleeing the scene of an auto crash, an automobile accident that he caused. Uh, cops say the man struck a car while driving in the wrong direction on a street in Vero Beach on Monday. Authorities say that Nicholas Ruthenberg appeared to be under the influence of an unknown substance at the time. He kept screaming, all hail Donald Trump, while failing a series of sobriety tests. Well, that may be enough to tell you that he's <laughs> not all together with it there. All hail Donald Trump. <laughs> Mr. Rothenberg was charged with DUI and leaving the scene of an accident. Uh, by the way, should mention uh, that uh, this all happened just hours after his wedding. <laughs> hours after his wedding. You would think that he would have other things to do on his wedding night, but apparently not. Also from the Sunshine State, how about this story? Only in Florida will a man with his pockets full of lobster tails lead police on a wild kayak chase. And we've had high-speed chases or police chases, sometimes high-speed, sometimes low-speed, on a number of... Um, unique modes of transportation over the years, but this may be the first kayak chase. 37-year-old Yordanki Casares of Miami Lakes, Florida, was busted for diving for lobsters without a license. I mean, they take that very seriously in Florida when police rode up to him and threw on their blue lights of their, uh, of their boat, you know, their uh, wildlife management uh, uh, boat, uh, Mr. Rosado uh, scrambled into his kayak and paddled away for dear life. <laughs> he took authorities on a wild boat chase down a canal before jumping out of his vessel to try his luck on foot. Uh, Florida wildlife investigator William Thompson tells local news reporters, quote, after multiple commands to stop, Mr. Rosado exited his kayak at a homeowner's residence and began to run through a couple of other residential backyards. The suspect was apprehended and police found a special surprise in his pockets, two undersized lobster tails. Police then retraced the pursuit trail and found seven more small lobster tails. You see, in Florida, it is illegal to harvest lobsters with tails shorter than five and a half inches in addition to the rest of the body being under three inches long. To further protect these uh, crustaceans, they must be brought to shore whole after being measured. Mr. Rosado was uh, charged with a felony for fleeing eluding police, in addition to nine counts each of processing undersized lobster tails. He was also charged with a count of interfering with an officer, resisting arrest, and not having the proper equipment to measure the size of the lobsters. And it should be noted that Florida goes very hard on people guilty of violating conservation laws. Mr. Rosado could face hefty fines and a long stint in jail because conservation crimes are aggressively prosecuted. 
Uh, he is being held at the Monroe County Jail. So. <laughs> Only in Florida could a guy with his pocket full of lobster tails lead police on a wild kayak chase. I mean, think about that. Uh, this is not a criminal mastermind. This out of Japan, where 56-year-old Tetsuo Urata was led away in handcuffs after police in Beppu City, Japan, found that he had stolen several hundred pairs of women's underwear from a local laundromat. Police say they were tipped off when a female college student accused Mr. Urata of swiping six pairs of panties from her machine. Authorities were then able to search the suspect's home and found he had 730 pairs in all. 730 pairs of women's underwear. Now, whether those were all stolen or whether he legitimately purchased some of those, I don't know. But when asked for comment, police merely said, quote, we haven't confiscated such a large number of panties in years, unquote. <laughs> that's that's got to be the greatest quote ever. We, we haven't confiscated such a large number of panties in years. <laughs> and finally, speaking of people who aren't criminal masterminds, you know, the uh, drug runners out of Columbia... Uh, I mean, they're very serious, but not always the brightest crew. A Colombian man was detained in Barcelona after he reportedly tried to smuggle about $34,000 worth of cocaine under a poorly fitted toupee. <laughs> Police say the unidentified 65-year-old man first aroused suspicion when he appeared nervous after arriving at the Barcelona airport on a flight from Bogota. Officers then say he had they had the man remove his wig, which stuck out unusually far from his head and found underneath a package with the cocaine taped to his noggin. <laughs> He's been charged with, among other things, a public health violation and a fashion faux pas. Uh, there you go. That is uh, today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Saturday, September 25th, Oktoberfest returns to Finley. Celebrate the rich German heritage of Northwest Ohio with live German music, polka dancing, hearty German food, and more. Grab food from Schmidt Sausage House, Psalms Market, and many more. Plus, get more than 30 varieties of German imported and domestic beers. Live German music from the Dwayne Malinowski Orchestra and Anthony Kolkar and the International Sound Machine. Join us for Oktoberfest, South Main Street, Finley, September 25th. This message provided by WFIN. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. The just-ended Labor Day weekend marks the unofficial end of the summer season, of course, and with it, the end of summer travel season. And a lot of Americans hit the road or took to the skies this summer after a year of staying home because of the pandemic. We called it the great travel reboot of 2021. However, a new survey finds that even though we love traveling, 40% of those in the sort of 40% of us 
say that we don't don't find it as exciting vacationing as an adult as we did when we were kids. And, you know, the more I think about this, I think that's right. I think I would probably fall into that category because if I, I think if you ask most people actually to name their best vacation ever in their life, it would probably be one from when they were kids as opposed to when they were adults. Now, there are a couple of reasons why we don't enjoy traveling as much as adults as we did when we were kids. Number one, of course, <laughs> because we have to pay for it, and that causes stress and you know the cost of the trip. 51% in this poll uh, say having to pay for the trip uh, results in it being less exciting. Uh, 36% say having to plan the trip, being responsible for planning the trip, takes some of the fun away from it. There's a one-poll survey found the biggest reasons people look forward to going on vacation are sightseeing, 38%. 36% say they actually look forward to staying in a hotel or other accommodation, just someplace that's not their home, someone, someplace that's different. Uh, uh, packing and planning for the trip were cited as the least enjoyable parts of going on vacation. 47% and 37% respectively cited those as the least enjoyable parts of vacationing. And despite all of the negatives, all of the, the parts that we don't look forward to as adults, despite all of that, most of us still say that we do look forward for, uh, to going on vacation. However, nearly half, 49% in this survey, said that they have taken a vacation that ended in disappointment. Well, into the month of September, and that means the race for the cure is just around the corner. Joining us from uh, Susan G. Komen, Northwest Ohio, Gretchen Awad. And uh, Gretchen, so good to be back in person uh, this year uh, after kind of all of the virtual stuff. That's uh, right. 2020. So. <laughs> all the virtual yeah, stuff. We are exactly. so glad to be back in person in Finley. We're now, thrilled. There are uh, going to be some some protocols with the, uh, with the Race for the Cure uh, this year. So let's talk a little bit about some of the steps that are being taken, and especially uh, in an event like this, because there are so many uh, individuals who are kind of in those higher risk categories, obviously. Absolutely. So. You're so correct. We want to make sure that we're taking care of every participant who joins us in person for a race for the cure especially our um our participants who are breast cancer survivors or perhaps right. undergoing treatment as sure. the event is happening right so um we want to make sure we're on the campus of blanchard valley hospital one of our presenting sponsors we want to be respectful and safe so we are asking if you join us that you please mask up um and otherwise come enjoy the event we are doing everything appropriately all still the same good stuff everything is safe, open, and welcome for you to come and join us on that day. And uh, as has been in the past, it's more than just the race itself. So many other ancillary things That's that are right. going on, too. That's right. That's right. We have Kids Zone, which is so fun. Our Kids Zone chair is doing a beautiful job of making sure those kiddos have fun events to do. We have our sponsor, Expo. All of our sponsors have come back. They're wonderful. They can't wait to celebrate with all of us down there. We have Team Tailgate, which is always the best party in town on race day. And then, of course, the 5K 
run, the 5K walk. We're um, partnering with Dave's Running this year. So they're doing a great job making sure that run looks beautiful and the family fun walk and Survivor Parade, which is always so meaningful. Yeah. Uh, and, and you were touching on this, talking about all of the people who have a hand in organizing uh, this. Uh, it really would not be possible without the dedicated people who make it happen. So correct. You know, the Komen staff is a staff of, of two people. It's the <laughs> wonderful people of Findlay who make this event happen. And our race chair, Emily, has been leading the charge and, and she's working wonders. And all of our presenting sponsors, Marathon, Blanchard Valley Health System, all of the sponsors, all of those uh, businesses that come together mm-hmm. and make the not only the logistics, but the spirit so important. Too. Yeah. And, yeah. And then, of course, the people who come out and, right. and uh, you know make it an, an event that it is with all of the fun and all of the things That's that are right. uh, going on. And, and it all, of course, uh, boils down to the mission of Susan G. Komen for The Cure. And talk a little bit about what it is that you do within Northwest Ohio. Sure. I mean, I think we've all heard of uh, of Komen. Um, break it all down uh, on the more local level. Sure. Our mission is very simple. It boils down to saving lives in the fight against breast cancer. And the way Komen does that, it's not just a one-way uh, path to do that. We do it in many ways. Um, and that's through research. Of course, you know, every single breakthrough in breast cancer um, treatments has Komen dollars attached to it. And we're so proud that the people of Finley um, are supportive of that. Um, it's patient navigation and patient services. So any barrier to a woman or a man um, facing breast cancer, whether it's financial, uh, whether it is um, not only fan- financial, medically speaking, but financial in their home life. Um, do they need support in childcare? Do they need support in transportation? Um, it's supporting the people that are helping them with their breast cancer treatment. Breast cancer um, affects more than just the patient. It's the family. So what does right. the family need in support? Um, anything that is a barrier to a woman getting treatment is what Komen is here to do to break down. And we also advocate at the local, state, and federal level to make sure that patients, every patient has every and equal right to treatment. Um, you know, so there's really a four-way path to, to saving lives in the fight of, against breast cancer. And we're so proud that Komen and especially the people of Finley understand that and support us year after year. And of course, the race for the cure is the uh primary event or the uh, premier event the showcase event uh in terms of getting the message out there and also in terms of raising the dollars that it takes to do all of those things that's right race for the cure is our signature event not only in in finley but in toledo and i'd love to get a give a special shout out you know komen is a the largest organization of breast cancer um, research and funding uh nonprofit and there are 18 in-person events happening in the country this year. And <laughs> Findlay is one of them. How about that? I mean, hello, people of Findlay. This is unbelievable. <laughs> so it is our signature event, and we're so proud, and we want to show Komen on the national level what the good folks of Findlay are, are capable and do year after year. So uh, let's talk about logistics uh, yes. for the uh, Race for the Cure. Uh, we've got packet pickup uh, coming up, and yes. uh, all of it. Give us all of the, you know, break it all down for what's going to be happening here. Sure, thank you. So as I mentioned, we are partnering with Dave's Running, and they are, they're the gurus at every, of everything large <laughs> event and race. So they're helping us with packet pickup. So um, right here in Finley on Thursday, September 23rd, and Friday, September 24th. So that's right before those two days, right before race. Same time, both days, 2 to 6. Feel free, 
They're making it seamless, easy, pull through, pick up your packet, your t-shirt, your running bib, all of that good stuff. We'll have yard signs there. So we're going to get our volunteers to come and put together yard signs. So uh, look for those to be available very, very soon. And um, everything you need to come and join us the next day on the 25th. And is there still time uh, to uh, sign up to participate? in the event absolutely you can sign up right up until race day we'll have volunteers there and if you haven't uh signed up yet feel free to come on race morning we'll have t-shirts we'll have running bibs you can sign up that day so never turn anybody away oh we will never (laughs) turn anyone away that's correct no you start signing up now you can call our office you can um go online which is very easy um komen dot org slash finley race we'll take you right to that um sign up site and it's it's easy and of course, at, at the Komen website, while you're there, kind of poke around and, and learn a little bit more about what it is uh, that you do and, and how people, if they need to, can avail themselves of the services you provide and uh, other ways to help. All of that stuff is there as well. Absolutely. It's the most important thing we do. We always want to make sure that information is, is front and present, and we are available for phone calls anytime to help connect you with services you may need. Again, uh, Gretchen Awad from uh, Susan G. Komen, Northwest Ohio. We've got the link up at our webpage for more information, and we'll see you at Race for the Cure. See you on the 25th. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage. And that, of course, is goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, has the surge in telemedicine helped more men get the care they need but often avoid? We have results of the Cleveland Clinic's annual Mention It survey on men's health. Until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.